Welcome to DJ BFF. Yeah. The Daniel Jason Best Friends Forever podcast. I'm joined by my better half, Jason Williams. And I'm joined by legendary Kree superhero, Daniel. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Dan L. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. That felt culturally inappropriate. <laughs> I have a really thick American accent. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Being energized up. Nice. Yeah. It's uh how are you faring after the first weekend of fair? I'm Well, that was way too complicated. <laughs> How are you faring fair in this fair weather? Faring fairly well. Damn it, I couldn't keep up the Fs. I miss when the temperature was nice. Yeah. But I'm going to avoid complaining about the weather. Because <laughs> fair is awesome. Yes, it is. How are you doing? I, I'm i doing all right, man. Trying to trying to get back into shape for fair season. How are you doing with the music stuff? Cause it's, go, it's going well. I wanted to ask if like playing medieval music is weird. Is it different than modern music? Um, So a lot of the songs are in 6-8 for a time signature. Which I can totally play when there's a drummer, like when we're performing at fair. But practicing at home is really difficult. Oh. <laughs> like the chords are super easy and the progressions, you know, that's fine. It's all open chords, but... Just the weird times. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know 6-8. I, when I was in bands before, we only played 4-4, four, 3-3, four, three, three, or 5-4. I've got two suggestions. Yes. One... To grab Jose and his big ass drum and just have him visit while you're practicing and just sit in the corner banging it. But Jose is one of our guild members. Yeah, he tends one of to be one the of the guild the leaders actually. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't work because he has stuff to do, like any reasonable human being, I suggest walking around your town, finding a random kid who looks like he has nothing to do, giving him twenty bucks. And a can and a stick. And then teaching him how to do the proper time signature. Nope. That's way too complicated. Is it the finding the stick part or the finding the random kid who's willing to accept $20? Uh, it's finding it's finding a kid who I can give $20 and not end up on a list of some <laughs> kind. <laughs> You're like, fiance comes back and like half the stuff in the apartment's missing. Ah, oh, that fucking kid. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I told him to watch the place while I went to the bathroom. <laughs> and then you find out that that kid pulled an orphan. <laughs> you ever see that movie Orphan? I think. Is that the one with like, the creepy like kid? Yeah. Who everybody's like okay with, but she's actually like a murderer or something? Yeah, do you know the twist of that movie? No. Oh, I think I do. It ends up she's being, spoiler alert, it ends up that she's like actually like an old woman or something. She's a 37-year-old woman oh, yeah. who <laughs> just looks like a 13-year-old. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just like some orphan boy, 37-year-old dude who's like, finally, my look's coming to my advantage. I'm going to rob this weird guy <laughs> who's asking me to play Elizabethan songs. Checkmate. We're more of a uh, Uno household. 
Yeah, little does he know that it'd be nothing but a bunch of weird books to steal. Yes. But <laughs> uh, do you have any dates other than fair? Because... Oh, Jason and I will be performing at the Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Southern California, Irwindale, right where the 605 and 210 meet. Yeah, I'll probably be there every weekend unless something comes up. So, yeah, from until the end of May? It it started last weekend and it goes until mid-May, Saturdays and Sundays great time no matter how old you are or what you like to do as long as you're okay with people in funny dress and funny accents making jokes with you jason will be dancing i will be doing magic and playing music not at the same time true it's gonna be awesome so during workshops we had to do a class on like street interactions and like improv and someone asked my character uh so what's your character name my name is william preston like from Bill and Ted. <laughs> Is that really the name you decide to give yourself? Yes. God damn it. And they're like, I, well, I heard your adventures were quite excellent. <laughs> nah, they were pretty bogus. <laughs> nice. Turns out, uh, I, people don't like me in those classes. Why? Because of shit like that. <laughs> they're like, you're ruining the immersion. Yeah. <laughs> I still have to see the second movie. Uh, Any other dates? Not that I can think of. We are still on the fence about Fanime. Yeah, we'll look into Fanime. We should have more news about that in like future episodes, probably. Probably the next episode or two. We'll yeah. have solidified dates. Yep. Finally decided if it's worth it for that Fanime experience. Or if instead I want to spend that money on like... Rent. <laughs> yeah. Food. <laughs> gas. <laughs> Auto insurance. <laughs> 120 cheeseburgers. <laughs> Alright, that's all the dates I have. Yes. Now, Jason, this isn't a bizarre tale, but I will be giving you a report on something that's really weird. Okay, so we're not doing anything like cultish or paranormal. It's no. kind of odd. Uh, an odd pop culture thing. All right, we so, do those things. Shazam came out last Friday, mm-hmm. and a month earlier, Captain Marvel came out. It did. What do you know about the Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel name situation? I do know that Shazam was originally Captain Marvel, I believe. Because for the longest time, I knew him as Captain Marvel. Like, um, hmm. And now that I think about it, I didn't even think about how, wow, what a weird coincidence it is that they're coming out around the same time until you just mentioned it. Huh. I will answer the question. Tell me. Why there's two Captain Marvels. Uh, and actually, there's tons of Captain Marvels. There is? It's the 1940s! Yeah! World War II is in full swing. Betty White is about 20 years old. <laughs> nice. 20-year-old Betty White. And more importantly, we're in the golden age of comic books. Really? The golden age was during World War II? Yeah. 
Ah, I thought that was Golden Age of Radio. I mean, it's probably both. Yeah, I guess it's popular for more than one medium to be popular. People are looking for escape from the horrible war, probably. And that Hitler fellow. One of the most successful publishers was a company called Fawcett Comics, a subdivision of Fawcett Publishing. I have never heard of those guys. Uh, well, you've definitely heard of all of their famous characters. Fawcett's characters? Like Sink? Yes. Uh, you have characters like Captain Video. Captain Video? Hop Along Cassidy. <laughs> Ah, yes, those famous characters. Ibis the Invincible. Like the bird? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Before Howard the Duck, Ibis the Invincible. Bullet Man and Bullet Girl. Oh, nice. Finally, a female superhero in there. Spy Smasher. (laughs) Oh, God. What do you do? I smash spies. So basically, I catfish uh, terrible people. I steal their secrets, and then I kill them. Spies. After I fuck them, <laughs> and it's the best sex of their entire life because, you know, a last meal is very important. <laughs> All right. They also have Captain Midnight. Huh. That awesome YouTuber. Yeah, that's right. There is a YouTuber named Captain Midnight. Phantom Eagle? Really? (laughs) Mr. Scarlet and Pinky. Is Pinky a dude? Wait, isn't Pinky a mouse? Minute Man. Oh, that poor guy. And Commando Yank and Golden Arrow. You know, I was about to say, why aren't there any other ranks besides Captain? (laughs) Wait, is that Golden Arrow? Is that the yes. last one? Golden Arrow. Aside from superheroes, Fawcett also published horror magazines. Like, This Magazine is Haunted. Which, I, I'm not gonna lie, that's a great fucking name. That is a pretty great title. <laughs> uh, they also published uh, westerns, teen comedy, and romance. Oh, they kind of did it all. But their most successful character... Stories about a boy named Billy Batson who could transform into an adult superhero by saying a magic word. Nice. You know what that word is? Shazam? No, it's mayonnaise. Oh, well, that's gross. I wish the superhero picked a different magic word. <laughs> mayonnaise. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fawcett Publications entered the industry in 1919 with Captain Billy Whizbang. What? That's what they called him? Yep. <laughs> well, the 40s were a different time, I guess. <laughs> Captain Willy Biz- Whizbang. Oh, man. <laughs> we gotta give it some pizzazz. What do we call him? Something with some... Some whizbang? Yeah, you know, okay. What, what, what the kids are really into, whizzing and banging. Actually, no, that sounds really bad. <laughs> Too late. It's already printed. We've already made a thousand copies. So <laughs> shortly after uh, shortly after they began to publish periodicals that reached a combined circulation of 10 million. Holy crap. Do they even get that high today? That's no. insane. I, I, I'll get into that later. <laughs> 
seeing the rise of national comics with their characters like Superman and Batman, Fawcett started a comics division in 1939. Uh, they recruited they recruited writer Bill Parker to create as many superheroes as he could. <laughs> yeah, that's one technique. One of them's got to be good. <laughs> what? What if it's a guy, but he fights with flashlights, a flash, flat fl- light, the the flat the the flashlight. All right, next character. <laughs> All right, that's good. Is he a superhero? That's fine. <laughs> In addition to Parker. Fawcett also worked with the greatest artist of all time. Oh, wow. The household name and national treasure, Bob Butts. <laughs> that is not the name I expected. I don't think I've ever heard of Butts. Look, no, no, really? but, no Butts about it. Bob <laughs> Butts is legendary. <laughs> sure, he was huge in the industry. <laughs> I probably probably shouldn't make fun of Bob Butts really make me an ass out of myself <laughs> yeah don't make fun of his super it's thick pretty, portfolio it's, it's pretty <laughs> shitty to make to make jokes at the expense of Bob Butts <laughs> we're a uh, very mature podcast <laughs> but yeah they also hired a full team of creators uh, two of them were uh, these people you've probably never heard of, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. Oh, okay. Yeah, they later create uh, an indie superstar, Captain America. Oh, I think I've heard of him. He sold like one or two issues, right? Yeah. He's a Nazi, right? (laughs) That guy sucks. (laughs) Ralph Day, executive director of Fawcett Comics, decided it'd be best not to have a team of six superheroes, but just have one hero with six different powers. But why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did he? Why did they think that was a good idea? Bill Parker <laughs> created the character Captain Thunder. Artist C.C. Beck was tasked with designing and illustrating the character, giving him an almost cartoony style that would develop into his calling card. Are we talking about somebody different than Billy Bat's Captain Whizbang? Or During an interview, <laughs> Beck said, when Bill Parker and I went to work at Fawcett's first comic book in late 1939, we both saw how poorly written and illustrated superhero comic books were. <laughs> wow. That is just calling every other artist at the time out. We decided to give our reader a real comic book. Drawn in comic strip style and telling an imaginative story based not on hack, hackneyed formulas of the pulp magazine, but going back to the old folk tales and myths of classic literature. Sorry, mm. classic times. That sounds pretty cool. Also, like... Come on, mate. (laughs) So what made you decide to work on this comic? Well, I realized that everyone else fucking sucked and I could do a better job. So here I am. (laughs) I don't want to insult any of my fellow creators, but they are all terrible. (laughs) Their first comic was Flash Comics, number one. 
It was also printed as Thrill Comics number one. Ooh. Uh, they'd soon learn that they couldn't use Flash Comics, Thrill right. Comics, <laughs> or Captain Thunder, <laughs> as they were all being used at the time. Oh, God. Okay. I'm seeing the downside of creating during the Golden Age of comic books. <laughs> uh, honestly, this is something I need to deal with because uh, there are four other comics called Aria. Oh, no. God. And I and like I think I googled it in the beginning and then I was like, "Eh, whatever." And then I googled it like 3 months ago and like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> There's an aria that's published by Image. Oh man. Oh, by Image? Yes. Holy shit. That's rough. So, that's why I have the uh I have to say the full title, Aria a Cyberpunk Mystery. Oh, okay. I thought it was just a cool little addendum. Nope. Good idea. <laughs> yep. Uh, the book changed to Wiz Comics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> uh, artist Pete Costanza suggested changing Captain Thunder to Captain Marvelous. And Marvelous. then they were Marvelous. And then they're like, that's too long. Let's shorten it to Captain Marvel. <laughs> they probably had that one problem where you like write the name on the cover. And then as you get near the end, you realize you're running out of space. For, oh, like, like that John Mulaney bit? <laughs> yeah. Big ass H. Oh, big ass A. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so Billy Batson is an orphan 12-year-old boy bestowed immense power by speaking the name of the wizard Shazam. Shazam, as mentioned in our Comic-Con episode from last year, which, by the way, sounds awful. (laughs) I listen, I I listen, look, I'm not going to lie. I listen to our podcast on a regular basis. (laughs) Hey, I should probably do that. That way I get better. And one of us keeps clicking a pen for like 40 minutes. Oh, God, that could have been either one of us, but it's probably me. (laughs) Someone keeps breathing into the mic. Oh, man. Why did we suck? It was probably me too. <laughs> uh, but from our Comic Con episode, we, we 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 all know that Shazam is an acronym. Do you remember what that acronym was? Oh, you told me, didn't you? I don't remember. Was it actually an acronym? Yes. This is why you should listen to your old podcast. Billy gains the wisdom of Solomon. Oh, that's right. The strength of Hercules. The stamina of Atlas. The power of Zeus. The will of Achilles. And the speed of Mercury. So those are the six powers he gets? Yep. I thought it was just the name of a wizard. Well, it's apparently all of those things. (laughs) Okay, because I was about to say, what a conceited asshole to make a magic word his own name. But if it's also a cool acronym... I guess he could get away with it. His first, uh, his first appearance was. Let's hold on. His first appearance was also the debut of his arch nemesis, Doctor Savannah, and uh, Billy becomes an on-air radio reporter. He's twelve, by the way. <laughs> Why has every superhero got to be a reporter? At least everyone made during the Golden Age. So Captain Marvel was an instant success. 
uh, selling over half a million copies. Damn. Holy crap. In 1941, he was given his own solo series. Uh, the first issue was actually uh, written and drawn by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. And they were part of Fawcett Comics at the time? Yeah, they were working with Fawcett. Okay. What about Marvel? I guess that's a different story. Never mind. Continue. So, <laughs> so at its height, Captain Marvel sold 1.4 million copies per issue. That's crazy. Holy crap. Uh, for reference, the most sold comic of 2018 was Action Comics 1000. Oh, damn. <laughs> and it sold just under half a million copies. Holy crap. So that's the other one sold like almost three times that Yeah, <laughs> so basically if you sell like 100,000 to 150,000 copies, you're pretty good. You're awesome. Yeah. If you sell half a million, that's like a huge deal these days. Yep. Um, million. Damn. So the franchise expanded uh, to introduce more supporting characters. The Lieutenants Marvel are three boys, all of which named Billy Batson. Oh, God damn it. Who could also turn into adult superheroes. Um, just extend their deadline a little bit. Give them a little bit more time to come up with other names. <laughs> Mary Marvel was the uh, alter ego of Billy's twin sister. Of course he had a twin sister who was also a superhero. <laughs> and Captain Marvel Jr. was uh, the alter ego of Freddie Freeman, a disabled newsboy who is Billy's foster brother in the new film. Oh, yeah, I've noticed that. So he's going to come in and be a superhero or something. So, based on sales, Captain Marvel was the most successful superhero of the 40s. Damn. Outselling Superman. Holy crap. Whoa. <laughs> wonder why he doesn't get more credit now. I'm going to blow your mind, Jason. Captain Marvel was the first superhero to get a film adaptation. No. Yep. What? He got his own serial in 1941, seven years before Superman. Holy crap. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> was it one of those radio serials? No, it was an actual movie serial. What the hell? Yes. Those special effects must have been terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. It'd be like a weird jump cut where he's like a kid and he's like, Shazam! And like odd jump cut to like an older it's, it's, guy standing it's, at the same it's place. No, it's no trip to the moon. Let's just be clear. <laughs> so here's the thing. Fawcett, uh, sorry. Here's the thing. National Comics sued Fawcett Comics because they believe that Captain Marvel was too similar to Superman. That's fair. Uh, the argument was that Fawcett directly lifted Superman's powers and characteristics. Hmm. Super speed, super strength, and vulnerability, a skin-tight costume with a cape, and an alter ego who's a news reporter. It's kind of funny because that's like half of all superheroes now <laughs> <laughs> have all of those traits. <laughs> so while the lawsuit was pending, however, 
Superman ended up adopting some of the qualities of Captain Marvel. Really? So, Superman, when he first debuted, he couldn't actually fly. Oh, but Captain Marvel could? Yeah. So, you uh, able to leap uh, tall buildings in a single bound. Oh, right. That's what he did. So, basically, he could just, like, jump and, like, go super far. And they just decided to just give him the ability to fly one day? Yeah. Huh. I guess uh, they do that with Superman all the time, just being like, no, he's got this superpower. He had a bald arch nemesis in Lex Luthor. Is the doctor whatever Captain yes. Marvel bald? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, National Comics ended up publishing stories about a young boy with superpowers. Superboy. Oh my god, they're copying the guy who's copying them. Then what do you do? So National Comics presented a binder with 150 pages uh, showing panel by panel Superman panels next to Captain Marvel panels and how similar they were uh, with dates proving that Superman came first and Captain Marvel's panels came at a much later date. Okay. That sounds like pretty good evidence. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's like when you get into an argument with a friend and you start like screen capping old texts and messages <laughs> and then sending them the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> text was from four years ago <laughs> and I'm schooling you with it. Uh, Fawcett countered by saying, uh, actually, the panels from this book were published earlier than the Superman example. And we didn't take these cues from Superman. We actually stole them from Tarzan and Popeye. Does that work? Can you say that? Yes. (laughs) We stole from that other series. (laughs) Uh, The trial ended up in Fawcett's favor. Wow. I can't believe that worked. When the company discovered the status of Superman's copyright. Oh, no. Really? Defense lawyers gave evidence that National Comics and the McClure Syndicate, like newspapers, I think. <laughs> you know, the McClure uh, Crime Syndicate? <laughs> they got Cowboy, it from comics. From, from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> uh, they failed to copyright several Superman comic strips, therefore rendering the copyright void. Hmm. So... Fawcett went off of like a weird technicality? Yeah. That's how most lawyers work, Jason. (laughs) You may have printed 150 pages of panels painstakingly trying to compare them and their dates, but um, you forgot to sign this form. You know what's funny, though? (laughs) What? Even though Fawcett won the lawsuit, the judge still says, yeah, Captain Marvel is still an illegal copy, though, but I guess you win, Fawcett. (laughs) Oh, God, this sounds like such a sad trial. I don't know whose side to be on. Uh, honestly, it all kind of sounds sad. <laughs> so, uh, superhero comics saw a decline in the 1950s, partially because, you know, no one wanted to see a superhero punch Hitler in the dick. Why not? That sounds entertaining. Is it because Hitler wasn't relevant anymore? Yeah. Also, uh, it was giving, like, soldiers who came back, like, 
hey, we served our time in war. We don't want to be reminded of the hardships we faced. Yeah. Probably just want to watch Archie comics. And also because the Comics Code Authority made it difficult to tell a compelling story uh, with the right type of suspense. The comics, was that like censorship or something? Yeah, so the Comics Code Authority was basically a counter-argument to having comics be censored on a national like government level. Mm -hmm. So it was the industry uh, policing itself. Oh, kind of like the M, whatever, industry, the thing that writes movies. basically. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And they were, like, strict on themselves or something? Yeah, so they, uh, one of the things was you can't have policemen or any government officials or any figure of authority be the bad guy. And the full conflict of the story has to wrap up in a single issue. What? That is so dumb. Which is why in the 50s and 60s, Batman goes from like, you know, preventing deaths and like saving the water reservoir to like, hey, uh, Batman got his suit and he turned into like a zebra pattern. Or, hey, Batman, he's got the, he gets, he gets to hang out with a monkey for an issue. <laughs> okay. So that's when comics start turning really weird, I'm guessing. Because I've seen some of those. <laughs> so because of the decline in superhero comics, Fawcett uh, ceased publishing its hero titles. Uh, and they ended up selling a lot of their finished art and stories to Charlton Comics, who uh, DC would also end up buying in later years. Okay. Um, so Fawcett came back to comics in the 60s, but they mostly... Uh, published Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like a superhero. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> so remember when I said there's multiple Captain Marvels? Yeah. A small British publisher, L. Miller and Son, published black and white reprints of American comics in England. Okay. They were uh, allowed to do that? Yep. Okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully they had permission. Uh, so one of the uh, more successful titles they would reprint was Captain Marvel. Ooh, of course. But after the lawsuit, uh, and after Fawcett quit publishing superheroes, they were like, oh shit, we're going to be low on content. What the fuck are we going to do? You know, like being a YouTuber who plans stuff like... Who knew the restaurant I wanted to shoot a ramen review at canceled? Yeah. <laughs> now I gotta do something stupid like bathing in 2,000 bottles of hot sauce. <laughs> it's the only way to get popular. Get those sweet, sweet views. Oh god, that sounds really painful. You have to have like really tight underwear. Oh god, I'm not gonna think about it anymore. Yeah, so with the help of Mike. Anglo, they created a thinly veiled copy of Captain Marvel <laughs> called Marvel Man. Wow, that is very thin. But I guess they're trying to appeal to the same audience. Yep, Captain Marvel Jr. became young Marvel Man, and Mary Marvel's gender was swapped. So the new character, who's a male hero, was called Kid Marvel Man. Do they have two boy Marvels? 
Why not? Oh, God. <laughs> just keep her. Just name her a different Mary. They actually had to change the magic word from Shazam to Kimoda. Kimoda? Yeah. Is that also an acronym? It's atomic backwards. Oh. <laughs> How clever. <laughs> so Marvel Man stopped publishing in 1963, but it was revived in 1982 by a scary wizard, uh, terrifying nightmare mall Santa, Alan Moore. Really? Yes. Why? I thought it was made to be a ripoff of another comic. Why not just bring so back... So Alan the- Moore revived the character in Warrior Magazine. In 85, Eclipse purchased Moore's previous work on the character, reprinting them now in color. Ooh. The character was changed to Miracle Man for reasons that will be revealed involving Marvel Comics. Miracle. Okay, that actually sounds familiar, Miracle Man. I did not know all this history about it so the series was often meta confirming that within the story miracle man was actually inspired by captain marvel wait like did miracle man know he was inspired by whoa okay this sounds like an alan moore comic but i'm getting chills <laughs> so in addition to alan moore who else do you think was super big in the 80s with comics um Frank Miller. Neil Gaiman worked on Miracle Man. Thank God. (laughs) And he did it roughly the same time he was working on Sandman. Really? Miracle Man 2. Yep. So in 2009, Marvel bought the rights to the original 1950s uh, Marvel Man and later acquired the 80s comics in 2013. Wait, Marvel got Marvel Man? Yeah. And DC got Captain Marvel, or whatever the name of the other person is. In the early 70s, DC started to license the faucet Captain Marvel uh, to add some fresh blood into their mythology. But this is where it gets complicated, because uh, Marvel actually bought the trademark (laughs) to the name Captain Marvel. What? From Marvel Man? No, no, no. The, they, so Fawcett uh, ended up ceasing production mm-hmm. on their comics, and that means Captain Marvel was open to be taken, so Marvel swooped in and bought the rights to the name Captain Marvel. Okay. Well, even though they weren't using Fawcett's Captain Marvel. Yep. They were using somebody else. No, in order for them to keep the rights to the trademark Captain Marvel, they'd have to publish a new comic series every two years. With the character. Okay. Uh, this led to multiple ongoing series and limited series about Captain Marvel and different characters taking over the the title of Captain Marvel. DC retained the character name from Fawcett. <laughs> saying, you own the rights to the name Captain Marvel for books. So, we're going to call our book shazam but the character is still captain marvel oh god that's confusing that's so confusing oh my god copyright stuff is so dumb why can't we all just get along (laughs) so dc ended up buying captain marvel uh but they realized they couldn't really promote him 
Because people were confused. So wait, the book is called Shazam, <laughs> but the hero is called Captain Marvel. But there's also a comic called Captain Marvel that doesn't involve this Captain Marvel who's in the book Shazam. <laughs> Oh god, that is confusing. So in 2012, DC and Jeff Johns renamed him Shazam. When was this? In 2012. Oh, this was very recent. Yes, they they renamed him Shazam because everyone already thinks his name is Shazam. Okay, so this explains why within my memory I know him as Captain Marvel. Because that change wasn't too long ago. Yeah. So who is Marvel's Captain Marvel? Yeah, they got a name to use every two years. The title <laughs> has been given to multiple characters, but the first was Marvel. Ooh. Created by Stan Lee and G. Colin, Marvel, I'm sorry, Marvel was an alien who served as a Kree military officer, given the task to examine Earth as we developed uh, space travel. Once he realized that the Kree's real intentions weren't so great uh marvel became the protector and champion of earth oh that's nice of them they're a good Cree out there so he'd be reworked by roy thomas and gil kane giving him superpowers and a new form-fitting costume so they're a superhero but he's Cree. yeah okay the character was trapped in the negative zone but was but is able to temporarily escape by exchanging atoms with Rick Jones. You know, that famous Marvel character, Rick Jones. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like a... I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> the young man transforming to the adult hero was a nod to the original Fawcett character. So, he's a normal adult dude. Yeah. Who can transform himself into a completely different so person? Appar so apparently, uh, apparently, Rick Jones is a younger kid, and he could swap atoms with Captain Marvel, who's trapped in the negative zone, and he ends up growing up into Captain Marvel. Ah, oh, Rick Jones is a kid. Yep. So you know, basically being like, "Yep, <laughs> this is Captain Marvel, all right." Yeah, that sounds a lot like Captain Marvel. Except so kind of worse. <laughs> Uh, Marvel would eventually develop inoperable cancer. What? Why would they put <laughs> that in a comic? Oh, God. So he <laughs> developed inoperable cancer from exposure to toxic nerve gas. It's in the 80s and we were doing everything dark? Yeah. yeah that's messed up. <laughs> so his death was collected in the graphic novel Death of Captain Marvel, published in 1982. Other characters... Who have held the title are Monica Rambo. I haven't heard of that one. She's she, in she's in Captain Marvel the movie. Oh, really? Oh, is she the the friend? The friend's daughter. Oh, I knew she was gonna be important. I'm like, they're focusing on her good but, enough. But in the comics, Monica Rambo is a New Orleans police lieutenant with the power to turn herself into any form of energy. Ooh, like heat. Yep. Then there's Janice Vell. A genetically engineered son of Marvel. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then there's Phylavel. 
They were really married to that Bell last name. <laughs> the younger <laughs> of a pun in the beginning. <laughs> the younger, the younger sister of a uh, of a uh, Janice Fell. Did Janice die, and the other one had to take over? Yep. And then uh, there was a Air Force officer who obtained the title, and her name was Carol Danvers. Yeah, Free Larson. So Carol Danvers was created by uh, Roy Thomas and Jean Collin. She was an Air Force officer who was also a colleague of Marvel. She would be the first Miss Marvel when her DNA was exposed to Marvel's after an explosion from the Psych Magnetron. The Psych Magnetron. Yep. Ah, comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was she doing hanging out with the little kid? Doesn't Marvel have to trade items with Frick Jones? Or do they get rid of that after a while? <laughs> Comic continuities are strange so her, and confusing. Her <laughs> initial powers included superhuman strength, endurance, stamina, physical durability, a limited seventh sense, <laughs> and a perfectly amalgamated human Cree physiology that rendered her resistant to most toxins and poisons. She could also fly at six times the speed of sound, as well as shoot energy blasts. What can't she do? Uh, please, men's rights activist on Reddit. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we discovered that. <laughs> uh, as, as Miss Marvel, she regularly appeared in The Avengers and with stories working with The Defenders, not the Netflix ones. <laughs> Spider-Man, The Thing, and Iron Man. That's a pretty good team. She was also a progressive character, uh, representing the feminist movement, as well as fighting for equal wages for women in the workplace. Oh, damn. Nice. So, Miss Marvel plays a major role in 2008's Secret Invasion, where Skrulls began to take over the Earth by impersonating other people. All right, that was a storyline. Carol ends up... Carol ends up uh, becoming friends with the Skrull Captain Marvel copy, and to prove she's not a Skrull, she reveals intimate details about their life together. Oh, that's smart of that Captain Marvel copy. Uh, the event ends with Skrulls being defeated and Norman Osborn uh, being in charge of the Avengers. Well, that's weird. <laughs> uh, Carol flees Avengers Tower. And joins the new Avengers, becoming the second-in-command of her new team. Oh, I think I might have read one of those. Yeah. In 2012, Carol took the mantle of Captain Marvel with an ongoing series written by Kelly Sue DeConnick with an art by Dexter Soy. She said, The series would contemplate what Captain Marvel's legend means to Danvers. Uh, how will she wield it, and how the Marvel Universe reacts. So wait, she took over the Captain Marvel mantle? Yep. Is the other guy dead by this point? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, super dead. <laughs> uh, 2015's Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps uh, shows... The Carol uh, Corps. Yeah, Carol lead a squadron of elite all-female pilots where she is the only person with powers. Oh, cool. So everybody else is driving planes? Sorry, yep. Piloting planes while she's, like, flying around next to them? Yeah. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. In 2016, <laughs> Carol played a major role in Civil War 2. 
Electric Boogaloo. I recall people didn't like this. Nope, it (laughs) is pretty awful. She leads a faction of heroes who want to use precognition to profile people who will do crimes in the future. Wait, did she never watch Minority Report? (laughs) We already know this is a bad idea. Damn it, Miss Marvel. Sorry, Captain Marvel at this point. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. But also relevant. Yeah, I guess it it did come out in 2016. Oh, yeah, I guess it does make sense with all the government spying and everything going on. Are they trying to, like, hitch onto that? So, in 2018, Carol headlined the limited series The Life of Captain Marvel. Uh, written by Margaret Stoll and art by Carlos Pache- Pacheco. Pacheco? Pacheco. Pacheco? Yeah, let's go Pacheco. <laughs> the series acts as a retelling of her origin, uh, but not a reinvention. However, spoiler for the comic oh. and potential movies going forward. Just you know, move forward uh, like five, three or four minutes. Probably less, like two or three minutes. Uh, you find out that Carol's mother was actually Kree. Ooh. And the explosion of the Psyche Magnetron simply made her Kree genetics uh, awaken. So she was half Kree from the beginning. Yep. Wait, the re- so... The real Kree was in you all along. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so her... There's another Kree that was on Earth that wasn't Marvel. Apparently. And her dad banged that other Kree. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we're getting pretty late because I know you have to be out of here like now. Yeah. Uh, some short trivia. The DC Extended Universe, which is not actually the name of the film series because <laughs> they still haven't fucking named it. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, so the DC Extended Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe release uh, their own movies of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel in March and Shazam in April. What are the odds they come up with that at the same time? Interestingly enough, both movies feature Jimon Hanso. Who's that? You know the the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, and Peter Quill's like, Star-Lord. And that guy's like, who? Yeah. It's that guy. Oh. Wait, he was in the movie? Yeah, he was. he's one of the teammates of uh, Carol Danvers. Oh. She's one of the, he's one of the Kree soldiers. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, it was him. And then in Shazam, he is the wizard Shazam. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson once asked his fans which character he should play, Shazam or Black Adam. His fans chose Black Adam. Originally, this was going to be one film with Shazam and Black Adam going at it, but the studio decided that they would each get their own solo movie first and then have them go at it. It's almost like they learned their lesson from... (laughs) Oh, what was it? Uh, Like another movie about two big famous superheroes? Oh, yeah. Fight each other? Plastic Man v. Elongated Man. Uh, Dawn of Stretching. (laughs) That legendary piece of art. (laughs) Next piece of trivia. Goose is played by four different professional cat actors. Professional cat actors is a thing? Yep. Their names were Reggie. Oh. uh, Gonzo. Ah. Rizzo. Oh, that's a good one. And Archie. 
Oh, that one makes a lot of sense. Brie Larson is very allergic to cats, so her scenes involving Goose uh, were either a puppet or a VFX. Oh, no wonder it was Sammy J talking to Goose the whole time. Yeah. So in the comics, uh, her cat is named Chewy after, uh, you know, that character from that super indie film, Star Wars. Oh, I think I've heard of it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, in in the MCU has changed the goose after Goose Bradshaw from the film Top Gun because she's a pilot. And this is my last piece of trivia because it's so fucking stupid. I'm excited. For a few months in the '90s, the Marvel and DC universes collided into each other. Oh, that's right. And characters became like fusion versions of DC and Marvel characters. So Wolverine and Batman fused and became Dark Claw. Ooh, two characters with the power of plot. Yep. But Marvel's Captain Marvel and DC's Captain Marvel merged together to form a character named Green Lantern. What? No, it was Captain Marvel. Okay, I was about to say. I'm going to be so pissed. (laughs) And that is the weird, strange, fucked up history of Captain Marvel. What do you think, Jason? How do you mix two... Do they use the Marvel version of Captain Marvel? Or is it like Carol Danvers, a woman, mixed with like uh, Shazam into like... Whoa, what if Billy Batson said the word and became a woman? It would have been the first transgender superhero. That would have been so progressive so was, in the it 90s. Was the, it was actually Marvel and Billy Batson. Yeah, I know. It probably would have been. And it was too of, soon. Instead of yelling Shazam, he yells Cree. Really? Yep. Stupid. So it's somehow stupider than Shazam, which is already a pretty cheesy name to yell out. Still, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I actually didn't know a lot about her, except for... That rogue absorbed all of her powers. That's <laughs> literally all I knew about her before going into the movie. Uh, if you need to read some Carol Danvers Captain Marvel, I highly recommend anything written by Kelly Sue DeConnick. I met her at Comic-Con a few years ago, and she is the best. I'll be posting that selfie on the Instagram. And if you want something to not read with her, I don't suggest Civil War 2. Yeah. Because I haven't read it, but I heard it made a lot of people read, hate her. Don't read Civil War 2. And Just if in you general? Wanna, <laughs> that's okay. And if you want to read uh, Shazam comics, I hear the New 52 Shazam is amazing and one of the only good things to come out of the New 52. I also heard he's really good in Young Justice. And I know a lot of people are angry at me for not watching that show, but one day, I swear... But yeah, I heard he's pretty great in there. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no. Not until I'm positive. Okay. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and YouTube. At DHP Gastelum. G-A-S-T-E-L-U-M is in Mary. And check out DHPGastelum.com. Mondays we update with podcasts. Wednesdays and Fridays with comics. And you could read chapter two of my comic, Aria, a cyberpunk mystery, on Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah. And now I know I have to say the whole thing. Yep. Cree. Nope, sorry. It just can't sound good. I tried. Shazam. Zamsha. 